praise the Lord. Amen. Amen. Yes. Amen. There we go. Glory to God. Well, you all may go ahead and be seated. Glad to see everybody tonight. We are in for a good, good evening. Praise God. How many of you came ready to lift up your request to the Lord? Amen. Now, how many of you have been in at least one of the past two Sunday nights? You've been in one of them. Okay, there's a few of you that have not. So what we have been uh, teaching along the lines of is the year of the great breaking loose. And we have based this teaching, of course, on the Word of God, but on a prophecy that was given to uh, Dr. Jerry Savelle. And so I want to start again tonight by just reading this prophecy. It kind of prefaces everything that we've been teaching on, and it'll be our jumping off spot for tonight, okay? And like I said in the last two weeks that we have read it, at when I say this, let the church say amen, because we're saying so be it. To this word of the Lord. Extraordinary things are taking place in the heavenlies. And 2006 will come to be known as the year of the great breaking loose. Let the church say. More and more notable miracles will break loose in the earth. More and more signs and wonders. More and more angelic visitations. More and more instant healings. More and more deliverance from demonic activity. And more and more finances will break loose so my people can do more for the kingdom, saith the Lord. And during this time of the great breaking loose, the enemy will no longer be able to hold back that which my faithful ones have stood in faith for. Not even the things that looked as though they would never come to pass. Woo! That's what I'm believing is going to begin to happen even tonight. I know many of you have stood and are standing for some things. Maybe it's been years, but we believe this is your year. This is your time of the great breaking loose. And then the Lord went on to say, For I will cause them to break loose and to suddenly manifest and to do so in such a way that no one will be able to deny the greatness of your God. Woo! God is great. God does great and mighty things and in such a fashion that only He can receive the glory. Then last but not least, yes, 2016 will be a year in which the faithful shall be rewarded beyond their highest expectations and they shall abound in my blessings as never before. Let's just take a praise break right now. Hallelujah. We thank you, Lord. 2016 is the year of the great breaking loose. And we receive this word from the Lord. Amen. Well, we know that that is exactly what Jesus came to do. We'll just recap a couple of scriptures. Luke chapter 4, verse 18 through 19 in the Amplified gives a description 
of what our Lord Jesus came to this earth for. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me, the anointed one, the Messiah, to preach the good news, the gospel. The gospel is good news. To preach it to the poor. He has sent me to announce release to the captives. And recovery of sight to the blind. To set forth as delivered those who are oppressed. Who are downtrodden. To are brushed, cruised, and broken down by calamity. Woo! That's why Jesus came. That sounds like to me he came to set us free. To loose the captives, to open prison doors, to heal the sick, to restore the broken of heart. That's who our Lord Jesus is. That's what he came to do. And then we looked at an account last week in over in Luke chapter 13. And we won't read all of that. But it's when Jesus showed up in the synagogue one day. And his eyes were drawn to this woman that had been down, bowed down with an infirmity for 18 years. She was bowed down. And Jesus, when he saw her in verse 12 of Luke 13, it says, But when Jesus saw her, he called her to him and he said, said to her, woman, you are loosed from your infirmity. And I believe that's what he's saying to many here tonight. You're loosed from that sickness. You are loosed from that financial bondage. You are loosed from that fear. Hallelujah. And then he points out another thing. That this is relevant to us in verse 16 of that same chapter. So ought this woman, being a daughter of Abraham, whose Satan hath bound, think of it, for 18 years, be loose from this bond on the Sabbath. She was a daughter of Abraham. You and I, as born-again believers, we are of the seed of Abraham. Pastor's been teaching it on on Wednesday nights. Our our father of faith, Abraham. We are in that same lineage. And we can receive the blessing of Abraham. Abraham, we have a covenant. We have a covenant with our covenant-keeping God. And that covenant says, ought you not to be free? That covenant gives us liberty. It gives us rights. It gives us privileges that Jesus died and provided for us. Hallelujah. Good news. Amen. Now, one of the things that we want to look at tonight, because when we go to present our petitions before the Lord, when we go in prayer, we need to realize, you know, that God has provided the way for us to receive answers to our prayers. And sometimes there can be a space of time between what we, when we say amen and here it is. The manifestation. And I want us to realize that, that a, a, uh, a delay is not a denial. A delay is not a denial. And God, he hears us the moment that 
we pray. And when we're standing on his word, that answer is heading right toward us. And God is not the withholder, but we do have an enemy. He is a defeated enemy, but we do have an enemy. And he tries to get us into that arena of of reasoning. He tries to get us into that arena of time for when we have prayed and it doesn't look like anything's happened in that instant. He tries to get us to say, well, nothing's happening. I guess it didn't work. He tries to get you off of your face stand. And he tried that battle is there. And we have to know how to wage battle properly with him. Because when we do according to the word of God, we win every single time. But this one phrase in this prophecy gives us a clue here of where the enemy is and where the battle takes place. Extraordinary things, the first thing he said in the prophecy, extraordinary things are taking place in the heavenlies. And 2016 will come to be known as the year of the great breaking loose. Do all of you agree that heaven is a real place? Heaven is where God resides. Heaven is our homeland. Jesus is there. Many of your relatives are there. Soon and very soon we're going to see the king. We're all going to be there. Heaven is a real place. But this that we're going to see here in the scriptures in a moment, not only is there heaven, but there is a place called the heavenlies. And the heavenlies is that region between earth and heaven. The heavenlies is an unseen realm, and it is where Satan has tried to set up his kingdom and tried to build his regime, if you would. It's a place where there's lots of spiritual activity that happens. The prayers ascend to the throne of grace. The answers begin to come down, and these little imps are there in that heavenly realm trying to hold back the blessings of God and trying to stop our prayers from getting through. But we know they are defeated. Now, Paul had a revelation of this activity in the heavenly places. It's found over in Ephesians chapter 6. So let's look over there. Ephesians chapter 6, verse 10. And we're going to begin in verse 10. We're going to read this passage out of the New King James Version. Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord. It didn't say be strong in your own ability. Be strong in your flesh. No, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Then verse 11, <coughs> excuse me, put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. Now, why would we need armor if we weren't going to have to fight? Why would we need to put on the whole armor of God if there wasn't going to be some warfare involved in the Christian walk? Now, we're not, you know, we don't get weird and we don't get flaky and all of this stuff, but there is legitimate spiritual warfare. And that's why he said we got to learn how to stand against that, against the wiles of the enemy, and we must put on the whole armor of God. The armor of God is to the Christian 
what the military's uniforms are to them. Now, the military, I mean, I've never been in the military, but I know that, let's say, for instance, the Marines or the Army, they have their dress uniform, and then they have their battle fatigues. And they don't look the same. When they're going to go, you know, to some sort of a gala event or whatever, they don't walk in there in their battle fatigues. What they're wearing represents what they're about to do. But when they go out to do battle, they are dressed for battle. They got on the combat boots many times. They have on the uniforms that are camouflaged, that blend in to their environment. They got on their helmet. They've got their weapons. It's a different uniform. And we, as believers, are worship in the Lord's army. And the enemy recognizes when you're in uniform. That uniform is the armor of God. And we shouldn't be trying to deal with the enemy in our play nice clothes. Don't play nice with him. We put on that armor that we have been given with him. He is defeated, but we have to enforce his defeat. And just by putting on the armor, dressed up in the armor of God is a statement to him that you know who you are in Christ Jesus. And you know what you have. And you know that he is going to lose this battle. Amen? Let's keep on reading here in verse 12. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this age, against spiritual hosts of wickedness, and there that word is again, in the heavenly places. Our battle is not with people. Battle is not with your boss. Battle is not with your spouse. Too many Christians read this verse over in 1 Timothy chapter 6, verse 12. I'll just quote it to you. The first word is fight. They stopped right there and started fighting each other. But that's not what the verse says. It says, fight the good fight of faith. Not fight each other. Fight the good fight of faith. People can be, and oftentimes they are, influenced by evil spirits. We don't have authority over people's wills, but we do have authority over evil spirits that try to influence them. Particularly if it's in your home, if it's in your place of business, if it's in the place where you work and there's just an ugly evil presence there that this person carries around with them, you can in the name of Jesus say, I command you to desist in your maneuvers against that person while they are in my presence you will not manifest you know they might go home and just act ugly as the devil but when they are around me I command you to shut up and I command you to desist in your maneuvers against me you are defeated we've got that kind of authority in the name of Jesus so we have to realize That our real battle 
is not with people. It's with this group. It's ranks of evil spirits that we just read about there in verse 12. Principalities, rulers of darkness, spiritual wickedness that are located in the heavenlies. The heavenlies is where these evil forces endeavor to hold back what belongs to God's people. Everybody raise your hand and say this. Satan, you are a defeated foe. You cannot withhold and hold back my blessing in the name of Jesus. So we continue to see here in Ephesians chapter 6 verse 13. Therefore take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day. And having done all, stand. To stand, stand. Verse 13 ends with the word stand. Verse 14 begins with it. Verse 14 through 17 is a description of the armor. We're not going to go into detail about that, but I think we should read it. Let's look at verse 14 of Ephesians chapter 6. I want to actually read it out of my Bible. You know, it's not the same for me to read something out of the iPad or even out of my notes sometimes. Don't you just like to hold your Bible? I like the way my Bible feels. Well, I'm not saying you can't. I do that a lot, too. I know, I know, but it just feels good, doesn't it? It just feels good to get your hands on the Word of God. At least that's me, old school, I guess. But anyway, verse 14. Stand, therefore, having guarded your waist with truth, having put on the breastplate of righteousness. Now, we're not going to stop and preach on all of these, but right here is an important truth. The truth is this. We have to know that we are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. We have to know, we have to put on that breastplate of right standing with Him. If you don't know who you are in Christ Jesus, if you don't know you are more than a conqueror, you've been raised up and made to sit together with Him in heavenly places, then when you come to pray, you'll kind of be wondering wavering around well do I belong here can I really ask this yes you can you're the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus and then verse 15 and having shod your feet with the preparation of the gospel of peace verse 16 above all taking the shield of faith with which you will be able to quench All the fiery darts of the wicked one. He's letting us see here again that we have an enemy in the heavenlies that wars against us. And he's up there shooting these fiery darts of doubt, unbelief, fear, defeat. You can't make it. You're going under. You don't have what it takes. You're defeated. So he's shooting these darts at us. But how do we stop those? How do we stop those lies? With that shield of 
say. Pastor was preaching a few weeks ago. I think it was on a Wednesday night. And he said it's not like a little bitty pizza size, pizza pan kind of a shield. It's a gigantic shield that the Roman soldiers had. They actually put it down in the ground bigger than a door and they could hide behind that shield. That's the shield of faith that we have. Glory to God that quenches those darts and those lies of the devil. Then verse 17. Take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. Hallelujah. We've got some intense weapons that we can use against the enemy. Aren't you thankful for the armor of God? Put that armor on and stand. Put it on. Don't be a spiritual streaker. Some of you are old enough to remember the streaker thing. It was like a streaker craze in the 80s and the 90s. People were running around, thought it was a big deal. I mean, you know, I, would, I never did either. And thank God I never saw one. It's like, really? Who wants to see that? Are you crazy? We don't want to see that. Cover it up, please. But people thought it was so funny or great whatever, great liberty, great freedom to run around and be a streaker. For you folks that are young, it means people took off their clothes and ran down the street. How, how awful, right? Well, anyway, there's too many Christians that are acting like spiritual streakers. They're trying to face the devil and they're standing in front of him. Start naked spiritually. That might scare him a little bit, but it isn't going to defeat him. (laughs) Get your armor on. Get your uniform on for sure. And then one thing that's awesome about this armor, there is no armor for our backside. Did you see that? We got the loins, girt about your loins with a breastplate of righteousness, the sword of the Spirit, the helmet of salvation. There's nothing to cover our back. So what does that tell us? We are to be on the offensive, not the defensive. I am not magnifying the enemy tonight. I just want us to be aware we do have one. We are not to be ignorant of his devices. But I keep saying it, he is defeated. But we have to know he's defeated. And we are not to be the ones running. We shouldn't be like the little lady that told her pastor one Sunday, Well, praise the Lord, pastor, I've got the devil on the run. He said, Well, that's great. She said, No, you don't understand. I'm running and he's chasing me. No, that's not the kind of way that we are to live. We are the ones to put him on the run. We are in the driver's seat. We are to be in the offense position, not the defense. We're in the Lord's army. You can't lose with the weapons that we use. I like this scripture in 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 4. For the weapons of our warfare, they are not carnal, but they are mighty in God for pulling down 
strongholds. There it is again. These strongholds are up here in the heavenlies, but we can use the weapons. What do you think some of the weapons are that we can use to pull these strongholds down? Anybody got any idea? What kind of weapons can we use against the enemy? How about the word, which is the sword of the spirit, a sharp two-edged sword. How about the name? What kind of name? The name of Jesus that is above every name. What about the blood? Satan, the blood of Jesus is against you. There is power in the blood. Hallelujah. Learn your arsenal. Learn how to use your weapons. Glory be to God. Because this is the season of the great breaking loose. And once we begin to see that breaking loose occur, I want to encourage you, you stand. Stand fast in the liberty. Stand fast in the freedom. And don't yield to counterattacks of the enemy. I heard someone say this and I love it. I wrote it down. It's going to get more and more difficult for Satan to keep God's people bound. Those who will take a stand and believe and boldly declare what the word says. Are you a candidate for that? I'm going to take a stand. I'm going to boldly declare what the word says and Satan cannot and will not Defeat me. So tonight as we prepare to pray, once we pray the word and speak the word, I want you to be reminded that we have supernatural help to help carry out your request. Going to be an increase of angelic visitations. Help from heaven. Psalms 103 verse 20 says, Bless the Lord, you his angels, who excel in strength, who do his word, heeding the voice of his word. This says that these angels excel in strength. God's angels working on our behalf are not fat little babies with wings and harps and look like Cupid. That's not the angels we're talking about. His angels excel in strength. Hallelujah. And what do they do? This says they carry out his word. They heed God's word spoken through the lips of believers. So as we release our faith tonight, I want you to be aware that angels are working on your behalf. Hebrews 1.14, it says, Are they not all ministering spirits sent forth to minister for those who will inherit salvation? If you need a new body part, there's been people that have died and gone to heaven, and more than one person has said they saw like a big warehouse in heaven. And in this warehouse was spare body parts. God did create your body, you know. We're created in the likeness and image of Him. If you need a new heart, just say, Okay, angels, I commission you to go to that warehouse in heaven. Get me that brand new heart that I need. 
You need a new kidney, a new liver, a new pancreas, new lungs, new legs, limbs, whatever it may be. I know that it's God's got it. He made us in the first place. He can, he can give you a brand new organ if that's what you need. And his angels are messengers sent to minister for us. We don't worship angels. We don't pray to angels, but they work for us. And we can commission them to go and to get that body part. How about finances? You need a breakthrough in your finances. You need a new job. You can say, angels, go cause the money to come in the name of Jesus. They can go and tap somebody and tell them to give you that raise, give you that promotion. Somebody to send you an unexpected check. We've got supernatural help. Hallelujah. And we're going to release our faith tonight. And we are going to expect breakthroughs in this place. Amen. So I want you all to stand. Now, if you did not write anything down and you need a, a piece of paper, we can get that to you. What we're doing, for those of you that may not have been here, if you've got some areas, we're saying the top three, if it's just one, that's fine too, some areas that you are believing for a breaking loose this year. Does anybody need a piece of paper? You didn't write something down and you'd like to take a moment to do that? Joe, there's a guy back there in the back. No, we only want to do like three. Let's start with the top three. Hallelujah. <clears throat> Praise God. Hallelujah. And this is what I sensed in my heart that we are to do. Someone that's working over in the children's area gave me her list. God bless her in the name of Jesus in there serving with the kids. Doubly bless her, Lord. But this is what I saw us doing. I just, I, you know, I like corporate prayer. There's power in corporate prayer. So what I saw was this all coming to the front, you holding up your request before the Lord. I'm going to pray a corporate prayer. And once we do that, um, then I just saw us taking time, however you're comfortable, comfortable. Maybe some of you want to walk around. Some of you might want to kneel at your chair. And just you individually continuing to pray over these requests. And after we've had a season of prayer, then after we've had a season of prayer, then we are going to end by praising and thanking the Lord for the answers. So go ahead as many as you can. Come on down to the front. It's just good to get close together just as we pray this corporate prayer over your needs. And then once we have done that, you feel free to go kneel at your chair, walk around. But uh, before you just start praying over your individual, we're going to just pray a corporate prayer. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Oh, we bless you, Lord. We thank you, Lord. You do hear and you do answer prayer. We thank you, Lord, that you are the author of liberty and freedom. You are the God of the breakthrough, Lord. Hallelujah. You know, there's a count over in Samuel. I don't remember the exact chapter. 
where uh, David, he was king now. And the, he was ready to, the Philistines were coming after him again. You know, the, those Philistines, they kept coming and coming after David. They were big people, but apparently they had small brains. Because every time they came after David, they lost. And there's an account in Samuel where it talks about that, you know, he sought the Lord. Oh, here they come again. What should we do this time? And the Lord said, pursue them. I'm going to give you break, uh, breakthrough. I'm going to give you victory. And David named that place, Belperazim, the Lord of the breakthrough. And it just comes up in my heart right now. God is the God of the breakthrough. But I believe that this place tonight can be a significant location. That tonight it can be like a, a dombo sobreta ha ha ha, like a memorial. This place right now, this sanctuary just turned into the place called Bel Perazim, the Lord of the breakthrough. Hallelujah. In the name of Jesus. Glory be to God. That's Carolyn's. So let's just pray a corporate prayer right now. Father, in the name of Jesus, I'm going to pray this prayer, and I know my friends are all in agreement with me. Lord, we're thanking you right now that you are the Lord of the breakthrough. We're declaring that there are going to be in this place, even tonight, a great breaking loose, breaking loose from physical attacks, breaking loose from sickness and disease. We commission the angels to go to Namasumbra and to get those new body parts that are needed to go in the name of Jesus. We are breaking through this year from physical weakness, from sickness and disease. Lord, I'm in agreement with every one of my friends that have any kind of physical need written on their paper tonight. Oh, hallelujah. And the Lord, we come into agreement as one and we declare that the peace of God rules and reigns. Anybody that's suffering from any kind of mental torment, any kind of depression or oppression, we thank you that tonight is tonight is the night where there is a great breaking loose, breaking loose from mental torment. Breaking loose in the name of Jesus. And Father, those that have listed on their paper that they need restoration in relationships. Lord, we're coming into agreement right now for restoration in broken relationships. Oh, hallelujah. We declare, everybody say, restoration. Restoration. In the name of Jesus, let there be a breaking loose of strife and of vision that's tried to enter into families. Oh, Hallelujah. Now, I know many of you have this one written down. Father, in the name of Jesus, right now, we are declaring financial breakthroughs. Oh, glory. May this be the year of breaking loose from that spirit of poverty. Breaking loose.
Ghost from financial lack. We're standing on your word. You meet all of our needs according to your riches in glory by Christ Jesus. And Satan, we remind you, you cannot withhold what God has given us. <laughs> oh, you cannot stop the blessings of the Lord. This is the year of great breaking loose. Financially, the year of promotions increase. Hallelujah. Increase. Glory to God. Now y'all just take out your own sheets now and begin to speak the word over them. Speak the word. Whatever you've written down, begin to declare the word or pray in the spirit over it. Thank you, Lord. Oh, this is a bakaha. Oh, right now, this is the place. The Lord of the breakthrough is walking up and down these aisles. The Lord of the breakthrough is in this place. The anointing, the anointing, the anointing is descending right now. Oh, receive that anointing. Oh, let the Lord hear you declare, declare <laughs> breakthrough, declare strength. <laughs> Woo, in the name, in the 